0: <laughs> that would make sense, that the first thing that happens when we go live is a cat causes a tumultuous incident right behind us. <clears throat> Hello everybody, it is me again, it is us again, the Sussman, Rick Sussman, with swollen biceps now, and my formal wear, of course, and joining me, unfortunately for her, is uh, the original Nerd Girl, L. Uh, we have returned, and uh, it's going to be a much different show, uh, we are a part, let me do our tag real quick. We are part of the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network, as you have come to know The Read Pile to be a part of. We uh, joined the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network when, um, well, I formed it with Jesse and Chad and Zach. Uh, At any rate, uh, Elle, you uh, came to me the other day and said that you'd be really interested in doing some comic book reviews again. We did 90 episodes of our first, um, what do you want to call that, season incarnation version.
1: Hey, you know what? I just like to believe that we are taking from Wreck and Morty. Um, we ha- take very long breaks in between, <laughs> and, and we're just making sure that things are going to move well. Right? You know, right. we are we, just we're planning. We're
0: spent <laughs> five years planning. Oh
1: uh, yeah, I think I maybe took a couple notes. <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: Well, while we were away. Uh, we've been thinning our pile, um, and this is just the books that only recently we've decided we're not going to be uh, following anymore for any number of reasons. Some of them have wrapped up; uh, others never really got going. There are some free Comic Book Day books in here. I don't, I don't know. Um, but
1: well, I mean, what like what's in the pile? Just to kind of give the my the cut idea. pile, the yeah, the not made pile. What, what did not make it? Um, I know Paper Girls is in there. It it was good. Paper Girls is in there.
0: Coffin Bound, which I thought was a really good first couple of issues. Um, the, the, a lot of the DC Rebirth comics didn't make the cut because we didn't know what to make of them after a while. Um, this Steampunk Goldilocks, which I think might be one of the greatest, <laughs> crappiest things I've ever seen in my life. Like, honestly, this is one of the most tremendous... Find Steampunk Goldilocks. It can't be that expensive. It is It is um, from Antarctic Press, and it, it is so ridiculous it might be worth your time, yeah. but I got it on Free Comic Book Day like three years ago. It was amazing. It, but,
1: it's a fun read.
0: But we do have our standard poll provided to us by our local comic book shop. Thanks, guys. Um, and uh, they always try and cross-poll like, interesting books. You have a ton of comics to review. I only have like three. So before, yeah. we, before we get to the comic book reviews, um, we should probably mention where we've been for the past five years or so, since episode 90. Uh, the answer is we've been buying a condo, and I've been doing other podcasts, and you've just been too damn busy to do a show with
1: me. Ah, pretty much. Life gets in the way.
0: It it does, it does. Um, if you're interested in following Elle and her antics, uh, you can actually find her. What is your, what is your official Twitter tag now these days?
1: Oh, it is, uh, Elle Sussman.
0: Yeah, at Elle Sussman, which is really a, a dramatic change from Bacon in the Oven. (laughs) <laughs> All right. So, Elle, do you have anything you'd like to get to before we start our reviers?
1: Uh, I'm actually ready to get, get,
0: going, get, get going. And I got, I got,
1: got some catching so, up.
0: You got so much.
1: Well, we couldn't get to the comic shop for a while. That's true. That's and true. And thanks, so thanks to our,
0: our good friend Rona coming through. We were about we were about 2 months behind when we start when we decided we wanted to start doing this again.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, so the there,
0: irony is not lost.
1: There are there were definitely some comics that were good that definitely warranted a review, but I personally felt like it had been too long <laughs> and so <laughs> I felt like I was going to be a little out of touch.
0: Apologies to Greg Rucca, to Jim Z, <laughs> to uh, Scotty Young. Apologies so, to Dale Simone. Apologies to Scott Snyder.
1: Yeah, apologies that it didn't make the cut for the first episode back, you know. But
0: but who's still reading I'm I Hate sorry. Fairyland anyway?
1: <laughs> yeah, I finally read the last episode of that. I will say that was fantastic. <laughs>
0: Short was review. Awesome. It was fantastic.
1: Perfectly done well for the <laughs> I love it. But <laughs> All right, well, All right, you've got a bunch
0: of books to review. I'm going to let you get started. Now, if you'd watched any of our other episodes, and by the way, they're still up on YouTube. I edited them most myself, so kind of, you know, 60-40. Um, but you can check it out. What we used to do is we would actually have, like, sections where we would do, like, comic book news, and then we'd actually do, and do like, a full sit-down review of each book. Um, being that this is our first episode back, we don't have our banner up yet. We don't have a lot of stuff that we plan on getting as the weeks go by we're just sort of going to kind of whip this together and go kind of freestyle on it. So, L, what is the first book on your the read pile?
1: Wonder
0: Woman. And now interesting side note, this of course is Wonder Woman with the new numbering going back to the original original numbering. So now <laughs> we've gone from I think it was like Wonder Woman 90, which was the 80th anniversary edition, and we've jumped now to 757. So thanks Detective Comics Comics. We really appreciate the change in numbers.
1: Yeah, and the OCD of filing is just... Oh, oh. so easy.
0: Now i got to worry about, is it a Rebirth comic? Is it a New 52 comic? What is this? Oh, and they changed the logo of the DC again and all. Oh,
1: thanks, guys. Oh, uh, nerd troubles. Oh, it's so
0: so many difficulties. All right, so this is by, of course, um, friend of a uh, friend of mine, friend of the show, Steve Orlando. He wrote this. Yeah. Um, what did you think of the book? Tell us your revier.
1: Well, I definitely had to catch up and everything. Um, the I'll just say, any issue that includes Donna Troy, I'm gonna love.
0: <laughs> I mean, that's that's really funny she... because the last time we did a review for a Wonder Woman book, you were talking about how Meredith and David Finch had brought Donna Troy back, and you were like,
1: "Oh my God, it's Donna Troy!" And now here we are.
0: <laughs> it's like we haven't missed a beat.
1: I just, I don't know. She brings something to the story, and I, I just sparkly pants. I think with her whole backstory and everything, you just it just makes it so much stronger, you know. Every action she has, okay. but uh, of course, you know the battle that they're in is you know a genocide and Von Gunther. It's it's great. I mean, <laughs> they they know how to to write a battle and and show Wonder Woman's strengths. And her her fallings, too, at the same time, because she just has such a big heart and just wants to do the right thing. And, of course, you know, they they have this surprise guest that pops up (laughs) in the the issue and just turns everything around. And so I, I can't wait for the next issue so we can
0: talk more about it yeah
1: then. so we can well, let me kind ask you, dive into it
0: once. let me let me ask you a quick question um, uh, you've read wonder woman uh, written by Gail Simone written by Meredith Finch obviously those are women you've written wonder Wo- you've read wonder woman written by Brian Azzarello and Steve Orlando and obviously those are men can you do you have like can you sense a change in the voice of the character between male and female writers do you notice anything Maybe nothing, you know, like detrimental. But do you feel a change in the character depending on who's writing Wonder Woman?
1: I'll be honest. When it's written by a woman, what I've noticed, and not, and and it's not that I, and and it's only because you're asking me this now that I'm thinking back about it. Um, While reading, I didn't really notice those differences. Mm. But when you say that, and I think back about comparing them. She seems more fierce when written by a woman.
0: Not as meek, or not as like.
1: Yeah, like she's she's got this determination behind Mm. her that's a little stronger, and I don't know. I think they're able to kind of connect with her about certain things. Well, that'd be something about feelings.
0: That might be something for you to like keep your eye on. Maybe you know, maybe the 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 book being written by Steve Orlando. Maybe the ramping. Um, and Wonder Woman is changing. Like, the other problem with Wonder Woman that I've always had, um, is that her outfit, much like Wolverine, like, people love to make fun of Wonder Woman's outfit and how it never changes and all that, but, like, if you really pay attention, Wonder Woman is drawn, like, 600 different ways in, like, 400 different comics. And I
1: love them all. It,
0: well, <laughs> that's fine, but, like, I think about Wolverine, because, like, if, if you read, like, three different Wolverine comics... His costume is completely different in each issue. And to me, it's maddening. It's just like, is it supposed to be orange and blue? Is it supposed to be yellow and brown? What is it? So I, I was looking over at this while you were doing your review, and I noticed she's back to wearing her battle kilt, but she's got her, you know, she's got her armor and she's got her bracelets and her shield. And I'm just like, man, how many different versions of Wonder Woman are we going to get? And I wonder, like, does each costume alter her personality of course you know the, the classic George Perez with the big curly beautiful Greek hair of hers yeah. and stuff like that like that's her like quintessential look and then her her voice in that time would it have been different is she more fierce when she's wearing pants
1: well I've seen a difference I think what it is is it just comes down to each writer with their artists um, and what story they're telling it's not that Okay, well, she's gonna be fierce, so we're gonna put pants on her, or something like that. Mm-hmm. I think it's just it's just happened over time that you've noticed certain personalities with certain uh, outfits because yeah. because that's what the writer and the artist put together.
0: I like that. That's that's a pretty good point because the so
1: you're just relating it.
0: You're you're to a fan. Them. It's it, yeah.
1: Everybody seems to have their own Wonder Woman and. I'll be honest. I haven't read a bad one yet. <laughs> <But> <laughs> well,
0: you know, just yesterday you mentioned to me when we were filing our comics, because I was grumpy about something. I said, "Oh yeah, you know, I, I don't even, I don't even collect this book, but I just love this cover. This is one of my favorite covers of all time." Hello, oh, catfight. Oh
1: hello. Cat fight. hello. Well, hello.
0: <laughs> there will be cats. Um, so, uh, and I was like, ah, I don't even know why I have this. I just love this cover. And you said, "Well, yeah, I mean." Comics don't just have to be about the writing or the art. You can like it for any number of reasons. So, what else you got? All right. I promise I won't... Oh, uh... I'm just going
1: to put my comic on top of a
0: cat. <laughs> There's always a cat. And if you're in our house...
1: They're either under the comic or on top of the comic. I'd yeah. rather them be under the comic.
0: <laughs> or sliding across the comics. All right, what else you got? Let's all right, see.
1: all right, all right.
0: Zoom it in for the, for the, for the crowd. There that is you go. Batman: The New Animated uh, The Adventures Continue. Pardon me. Um, written in part by your your friend, your buddy, a, a, a close confidant. Well, somebody you met a couple of times, Paul Dini. Right?
1: Yes, okay, so I was so excited to meet him <laughs> years ago. Um. So, all right. So, I'm pretty excited about this issue. Okay. Um and for those who might not know,
0: it's it's the continuation of Batman the Animated Series, right?
1: Exactly. Um, so it does kind of refer to stuff in past issues like it tips and stuff well, but, episodes, but right? it's still it you can still read it without having have read previous so issues. Is it, is it a continuation
0: of the animated series the, the comic or the actual T V show?
1: I think it's of the comic.
0: Okay, okay.
1: Um, it's definitely written in this style of a TV show. I don't.
0: And drawn, I should say.
1: It's, um, I believe it's of the comic, not the TV show, because I don't recognize this storyline? Like, this story at all.
0: Well, I mean, the, the, the TV show's 25 years old now, so it might just be some time since you last saw an episode. No. Yeah. Yeah. I,
1: I like to believe I, I remember them all. <laughs> or that I would, I would remember it.
0: <laughs> at least. <laughs> all right, all right. It that's would enough. spark some I'm, memories. I'm, I'm stepping all over your review here. Let me show okay,
1: you. Okay, okay, okay. So, first off, I'm looking at the cover, and I see the red sky. Mm-hmm. Love that. Mm-hmm. It just reminds me of the animated series with the backdrop and everything. It was either red, just like this gray kind of like color. It was, it was dark, and it was just... The whole this whole issue from the cover to the end was very nostalgic. Mm. Um, you know, you you could hear the voices from the animated series as, as you were reading it. Yeah, I could hear. It's definitely Kevin it, Conroy it was, talking was, to you. Oh yeah, I mean everybody everybody was in there. Um, it included all the characters that you expect to. To see from the animated series, you had Veronica, you had Lex Luthor, you had Brainiac, um, and it, it, they all had the typical, um, thing, Veronica was, is pushy towards Bruce and, like, very, you know, sassy and seductive, (sighs) and... And uh, then you have Lex Luthor, he's just prying into things and trying to find out more information. It's just, everything typical is there. And the story basically is just about uh, Superman missing, so Bruce has got to figure this out. So, you know, not to ruin details of it and everything, but it, it was... It was great. It was was like watching an episode. Are
0: you happy to have had this added to your the read pile?
1: Oh yeah, I'm definitely (laughs) excited, and I definitely want to read the next issue because where it leaves you at the end, you definitely want you're you're excited to read the next one.
0: Nice. All right. What else you got?
1: Okay, so I have Buds of Prey.
0: This is the one shot. Uh, prestige format or trade... I I don't even know if you want to call it a trade paperback. It's part of DC's Black Label. um, And they've been doing some interesting... um, What's the right terminology here? I guess just different uh, concepts and and different works with the Black Label. The Black Label gets away with a lot of things. Uh, The writer, I believe, on that one is Brian Azzarello, if I'm not mistaken.
1: Yes. Which, he is a very... He's he's a fantastic writer. Yeah. I mean, I writer of
0: 100 bullets, writer of the Wonder Woman run that we were discussing, writer of a lot of very noir style comics.
1: Yeah, he the way he writes you are definitely able to to just dive in immediately and suck you into that storyline and it's just
0: So what do you think? Yeah,
1: I it's, it was great. And was you got that same feeling from this this trade? Yeah. It, you know, first page, you're already you're in the story. You're not like it doesn't take a long time this, for you to get moving. You're not just reading all this background kind of stuff and everything. anything. Um, but I will say this: it was predictable. It's birds of prey. It's and I I'm not saying it about the writer. The, the story was very real, well written. I just feel like it just. Wasn't another story that needed to be told, (laughs) another (laughs) Birds of Prey that follows the same checklist. I mean, it's.
0: Do you think this was written because the movie did as well as it did?
1: Yeah, I feel like it. It basically it went from they're like, okay, well they like this this setup for the movie. We'll do the same thing. We'll just kind of change the story a little about what it's about, Mm -hmm. but we're gonna have we we have this like I'm saying this checklist of things that you have to, to accomplish. And I'll tell you what they, like some of them are, you have Harley, um, has to, to join in a very awkward way. (laughs) You know, like she's just like, Hey, I'm here now too. And, and that's supposed to make it comical and like fun heart, like
0: lighthearted,
1: lighthearted and everything. Mm -hmm. Um, and then of course, You know, Harley always has her own side story that comes in and just messes everything up um, on top of what the Birds of Prey are trying to accomplish or trying to solve. Well, yeah, if you
0: have Harley, you're going to have the joke. There's no way about it. Yeah,
1: But it's always over the top, you know, because that is Harley. Mm -hmm. And so I'm not saying that that's wrong. That is her. But predictable (laughs) and then harley always ends up having to be the star in the end and it's like okay i understand but i i miss actual birds of prey yeah i i miss gail simone birds of prey and this is very funny i was thinking about this and then i saw a tweet from gail simone where she was thinking about birds of prey (laughs) she was in my head (laughs) Oh, jeez.
0: Ah, jeez, Elle.
1: Ah, jeez. I got very excited. And and I felt better because I was like, you know what? Somebody out there is thinking about it, too. Oh,
0: boy. True story. Elle was disappointed there was no Megacon this year because she was going to (laughs) go sit down and just spend the day leering at Gail Simone all day
1: long. So, in the end... Oh, and I forgot the other checkoff list. Joker shows up, and yeah, okay. He's always got to be involved in some way. Uh, but I just okay. It, but it's, it was a good story to read. It was well written. Of course, you can't.
0: Hang on, there's a cat.
1: You can't deny that it was just predictable. And okay, I, that's, oh,
0: If that's if that's your review,
1: yeah,
0: that's fine. You and you and Gail can talk about that. I I am disappointed that you didn't like Brian Azzarello's story of Birds of Prey. That is very that is upsetting to me.
1: I will admit this. I am not encouraged to read another trade like that. <laughs> well, the, like I said, the black label didn't...
0: the black label line is very experimental. You have another black label book that you're about to get to, for instance. Oh yeah um and uh so the black label books are just sort of they're different now the next couple of books that you have here are
1: these are catch up books yeah
0: these are books that you've been meaning to read
1: yeah these are ones that i uh, one you of, had time yeah, for one kinda... i've never read don't judge me there's a cat trying to sniff my coffee <laughs> um and then the other one is basically it was in well, my pile when we went to the comic let, shop. So. Let me
0: let me get to let me get to the premise of this review specifically okay. before you pick it up. So, Elle and I um as many of us have these days. We have tons of free time available to us made possible by our good friend Rona. Thanks. Thanks sweetheart. You're doing you're doing great work. Um so because of that, we've been watching Onyx. Onyx we're trying to have a show buddy. Thank you, sir. We've been <laughs> This is completely replaced Lord. <laughs> and
1: instead of L, you have a cat butt. Yeah, that's right.
0: Um, so, I, we have been watching lots of movies and catching up, and there was one movie I'd been meaning to watch for some time, and it was on, like, a free preview or something, and it was uh, Brightburn, which I knew to be, like, evil Superman. And we actually ended up watching it, and there was a couple of, like, good twists. It was an okay movie overall, is not
1: it? I would say a B plus.
0: That's very generous of you. But in doing in doing this, I started mentioning all of these crazy Superman Elseworld stories about how, like, one time um, Superman lands in like medieval times, and that was Superman Kal El, and it was about him being a knight in King Arthur's court. And my buddy Tom and I, from those two jerks, shout out. Um, we we talked about that. He and he loved it. And then I finally mentioned about how there was even one time where the uh, ship lands on... Uh, we saw Red Sun after that, because I told you how it landed in uh, in Soviet Russia, and you're like, well, that's interesting. And I said, yeah, but the most interesting one is the time that the ship doesn't land in Kansas, or Metropolis in general doesn't land in Smallville, but lands in Gotham. And you said, what is that? And I said, it was this really cool Elseworlds story called Speeding Bullets, and I don't know if I have a copy of it. And this led to us completely revamping our comic collection, dumping all those books like our good friend, Steampunk Goldilocks, and moving, finding, actually finding this issue so that you could read and review it.
1: So here is the cover.
0: It's called Superman Speeding Bullets. It's actually a Superman comic. And that's why I couldn't find it because I was looking under the Batman uh, line. And, and yeah. it was made in ninety
1: three. Ninety three. Yeah, Ninety three. It took me from ninety three to read this. <laughs>
0: so let's see. Uh, let's see. In two thousand three, I was ten years old. So it is. So it's three. So it's seventeen years old. This comic. This comic is almost old enough to vote.
1: <laughs>
0: vote blue. Anyway. <laughs> so it's
1: it's a what if comic. It's a Wait, no, I'm way
0: off. I'm way way off. 93. No, no, I'm thinking it's two. it's 2020. If you were vo- if you were born in the year 2000, you'd be 20 this year. So this is 27 years old. This is almost 30 years old.
1: Oh god. I <laughs> didn't <That happened> even.
0: <laughs> in fact, 2 years ago the 25th anniversary of this comic would have happened.
1: This comic's in better shape than me. This comic's in better shape than a
0: lot of us. All right, so you finally read Speeding Bullets.
1: Okay. So, absolutely in love. I love it. It's like somebody back in the day sat down with a bunch of teenagers and, and they were like, let me hear your nerd conversations. Let me see. <laughs>
0: so, like, what if, like, what Superman
1: here, you, was, if, like, actually, yeah. like, Batman,
0: though? Yeah. Yeah. And, and then mm-hmm. there's J.M.D. Mateus going, like, no, tell me more about this no, idea. I'm interested.
1: It's like, what if a Kryptonian landed in, in Gotham? Gotham and yeah. And the Waynes found him. And he still has to go through his life tragedy. <laughs> he's still Batman. He Because he's Batman. You can't take that away from Batman. <laughs> but how does he deal with it? Yeah. Having all that power within him? It How... How does he deal with it as a person, as somebody with so much power that he doesn't understand how to control already? And so you see that and you see how he evolves into Batman going through this mm-hmm. and having these differences and the way that they merge the two stories a Batman and Superman, and just they combine how the characters merge together mm-hmm. and um, how he's dealt with certain uh, tragedies, you know, on both sides. And it, it was just fantastic. It was so perfectly done that I'm very happy with how they told the story. Yeah. The what if. You know, it's... Uh,
0: make sure. This is Elseworlds. What if it's, it's Marvel Comics?
1: I know, but I'm telling you what it sounds like. <laughs> I'm a, familiar branding with... Branding is important.
0: I, branding is important. I'm just putting that out there.
1: But anyway, it was it was great. I recommend anybody that <laughs> likes <laughs> Batman or Superman and has thought about...
0: Checking the, this out for the
1: last 30 years. Yeah. Well, obviously, I'm catching
0: up. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> All right, now before you get to your last book, typically on our show, the last book that you would review is your pick of the week. Um, but this is an older issue at this point, so I don't know if that still yeah, applies. It's it's from April. It
1: was in my pile when we got to the. First it was shot. it was new to us. Yeah, it it was new.
0: So is this is this your official first ever new pick of the week? Is this it? This. My pick of the week. This is Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey, the second Birds of Prey comic in your The Read pile this month.
1: But this does everything. Eve. It's Harley Quinn <laughs> with Birds of Prey.
0: Okay. so It's also by Amanda uh, Connor and Jimmy Palmiotti, two of our good buddies, um, Jimmy and Amanda. I speak to Jimmy almost every day on the Twitterverse, so he'll be happy to hear you reviewing his books again, I'm sure. So tell us. Tell us, about, again, a Black Label comic. Can you hold it back up again? Uh, we'll hold it up against our Goldilocks book for, for reference. So, as you can see, it is a much bigger, different comic. Um, black Label is, like I said, it's very experimental. I'm not really sure if they settled on a specific style or design for the Black Label books yet, but there's a lot of interesting stuff about the medium to begin with. So, please, what's your review for Harley Quinn and The Zapray? of Prey? Book one.
1: Well, first off, I love this artwork. It's it's just absolutely beautiful. I've been reading uh, their comics for a while, and it's just it's easy on the eyes. And it's, Whoops! Oh my goodness!
0: Cat knocked over the camera.
1: And it kind of adds a little bit of a whimsicalness. To it, have to to sit back a little bit here. That perfect. Oh, come on.
0: Now i got to fix the camera. I'm sorry. There we go. Nope. And, <laughs> oh, no. Oh they,
1: and they. There we go. Okay. All right. And just... there's a cat over there. There's a cat so over there,
0: so there's a good chance the camera's going to get knocked down again.
1: So, here's... Okay. Thank you.
0: On cue. On cue with your cat butt.
1: And anyway... <laughs> So I had already reviewed <laughs> a Birds of Prey comic with Harley Quinn in it. This is a Harley Quinn comic, comic
0: with, Birds, with of Birds of Prey characters
1: yeah. in it, and I will say this: Amanda and Jenny know how to bring the world of Harley alive. They write her friends perfectly. They they know exactly how she's going to react as far as how people deal with her friends. Um, she protects them. She, the way she does revenge is done perfectly. It, it it's exactly what I think. I would think Paul Dini would be very proud. Oh, oh. I, I don't know. I'll have I, to ask. I would like to know. I would like to know. I've, I think that they bring this whole thing to her that just creates the perfect Harley Quinn. Now,
0: I'm, I'm looking at the cover here. It looks very uh, reminiscent of the uh, Birds of Prey movie in that I see that Cassandra Kane looks to be like a young kind of thief, maybe. Um, I see Huntress is a little bit more comic book ready um, and uh, I different... Not too sure who the other two are. If one of them is,
1: who, like, mm-hmm. who are
0: these two characters?
1: Oh, Black Canary. Okay, and
0: new character who I don't know. Or is that or is that um, um, the police officer uh, Rene oh, Montoya? Yes, that I, is. That's Montoya. That
1: Black Canary. Yeah.
0: No. Okay. So is it is it closer? Is are we are we are because you and I both love the movie. And it's important to mention. Uh, we love the the Birds of Prey movie.
1: Oh yeah, it was great.
0: Um, so how was the book, like, do you feel like it, it took a lot of beats from the movie? Actually, no. Totally different.
1: I I feel like they have their own way uh, they of speaking for Harley Quinn. They have their own um, stories to tell. Um, it's more of a day-to-day life of Harley, mm-hmm. and it just shows who she is and how she deals with things that come her way, in this book in particular, Harley uh, owes money to the wrong people. What else is new? Uh, yeah, so <laughs> that's already comical because it's like, okay, you know, now what kind? What is she in now? Okay, what's going on? And then you see how it affects her her friends. Right. Um, they end up burning down the building where all her Harley's, uh, her Harley gang lives, and they beat up her friend Tony and. So now her friends are homeless, and her friend is in the hospital. So she's got to definitely do something, you know. And just the way that she takes on revenge is perfect. Okay. It's it's so it's comical, but at the same same time you can see the seriousness behind it because you can see how it affects her and how much. She loves her friends and what she'll do to protect them. And you think you Jimmy, just, Jimmy you and have captured You her don't voice? see that yeah. yeah, you don't see that in other writings of Harley. You really don't. And I think that's a big part of her that has to be told.
0: Cool. Well, excellent. Uh, I'm very very proud of all of your reviews. Thank you. And uh, well done on catching up on so much stuff. I did not have nearly as much to catch up on, except I will admit I have not ca- caught up on Undiscovered Country yet, which is a book by Scott Snyder and Charles Hull that I was super excited about. I got the first issue and then I wasn't able to get any. I've got like six more to read, so hopefully on our next episode I'll catch up on that. But I only have three books to review. I don't ha- I didn't get a chance to review this one, but I will let you know. Look at that. Hey everybody, it's Batman 92. Uh, it's Punchline. Uh, so if anyone wants to pay me seven million dollars for that comic, that's great. Um, moving on, <laughs> I haven't read it yet. I can't give it a positive. I think it's by uh, yeah, it's James Tinian IV, whom I whom I love.
1: Well, can we uh, expect it next week? Maybe. Mm-hmm.
0: I mean, I'm I'm also sixty five issues behind on the Batman. I, well, that's not true. I wrapped up Tom King's Batman run, which ends at issue eighty five. Uh, so I am seven issues behind. We'll see. Tom King's run is amazing, by the way.
1: Seven issues behind is like being 100 issues. Yeah, you're not (laughs) kidding.
0: All right, let's start with something that I've been waiting for for a while since the uh, series came out. This is the latest uh, mini-series from the boys. Um, Our good friend Derek uh, Derek Robertson, rather, who did the cover art, and then uh, Garth Ennis, uh, who wrote uh, all of the boys' stuff. Uh, This is called Dear Becky, and it picks up very much right now, like literally right now. There's references to coronavirus. There's references to a dickhead president. There's references to Brexit. So this is happening very much today. It's still got Wee Huey as the main character. Um, and the story's like, yeah, what have you been up to for the last 10 years? Which, if you read the original Run of the Boys, it ended roughly 10 years ago. And um, it's basically just Huey uh, is sitting at a bar with his transgender friend, uh, and they're talking about... Um, they're talking about just anything they want to talk about, and it's actually kind of touching, and it's kind of like interesting to read Garth Ennis trying to tone back his uh, style, which 10 years ago wouldn't get nearly as many eyebrows to raise as it would maybe today, um, but he's really trying to show that people who live different lifestyles are no different than you and I. But, again, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I've read a lot of your stuff, though, Garth. And, like, the stuff from the 80s and the 90s, like, there's a lot of questionable material in there. But at the time, that's just people, how people wrote things. So, it, it was actually kind of touching to see him um, sort of going back to this character, which, again, if you go back and read The Boys and, you know, read, like, uh, Highland Laddie and stuff like that, which is one of the miniseries of The Boys, you'd be like, yeah, this, is, this isn't going to work today, man. Like, this is bad then you get into the like the the meat and potatoes of the story. So, after you get through this like lovely little like, you know, let's have some drinks, let's sing some songs, kind of uh, catching up of the book, you find out what the point of this story is. And if you don't remember, which you might remember, but if you don't remember, the butcher, his ex-wife, his former wife, her name's Becky. Don't know if you know that. Mm. So, dear Becky, this is a story, this is a book that was mailed to Huey. He doesn't know how he got a copy of it. Doesn't know where it showed up. It just shows up on his doorstep. And he starts reading it, and it's all about Butcher writing a journal to his wife. Hmm. So there's a lot of, like, there's actually a really hilarious um, moment in the book where Butcher is explaining one of the first times where he felt really weird about going on a mission with Mallory and and the boys, and what they had to do was they went after this 10-year-old kid. And they captured him and they cut his tongue out. And they cut his tongue out because he, if he was able to utter a certain word, he would get to be like seven times as tall as he already was and have superpowers and could run faster than lightning and things like that and all this other stuff. And the kid stands up and there's blood coming out of his mouth and he starts going, get there! Get there! And they were like, yeah man, we, we can't have you. We, whoever gave a ten year old boy superpowers is an idiot. You were you know being doing horrible things and sticking your fingers where they shouldn't be and stuff like that. And then you're thinking to yourself you're like man, you can see how Billy Batson could go off the rails, right? <laughs> like you can you can see like they gave if you gave the powers of literally god to a 10-year-old, you know, 80% of the time it might not work out the way that you were hoping. So that was like a great like little mini. Um well,
1: do you feel like the characters the or boys are all in like, yeah.
0: everyone back. It feels like
1: you just picking right up. And oh yeah,
0: if you if you've read the entirety of the boys, this is this feels like it should have come out at the exact same time that those those books did. Okay, um, well, I mean,
1: it definitely makes me want to read it. Yeah, uh, it's like I said, the,
0: that sequence that sequence where they cut his tongue out. It, like it took me two or three read. Like you ever like read something, and you're like, I don't I don't get it. And then you go back and you read it again. And you're like, no. And then, oh. <laughs> so, from something that was very, uh, very uh, uh, nostalgic, very oh, this this is exactly this is this is in my wheelhouse. This is what I want to yeah. read. To something and now for something completely different. The Ludocrats! Uh, by the way, this is issue one. Issue two debuted this week. I didn't pick it up yet because this was the this was cross pulled for us. But this is by um, Kieran Gillen who's done other books that I've read, like Uber and Wicked and Divine. And so when I was reading this, um, the first thing that came to mind was, did you ever, you know, you know when you have like a really great comedy actor, like Jim Carrey, right? Mm -hmm. And then you go and watch Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. And before you know anything about Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, you're like, well, it's Jim Carrey. This is going to be like a romp, and he's going to do like crazy wild stuff with his face, right? Yeah. And then you watch Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, and you're like, damn, man. That was that was rough. Like that was that was heavy, you know? Right? Yeah. But it's kinda good. Like you, you don't expect it and then all of a sudden it's like, damn, that was that was unexpected, that was really good. Like this guy can do drama, right? And you don't think that, you know, a comedy actor is gonna be really good at drama, but oftentimes they are. So I've read Uber, which is an amazing World War Two retelling. Uh, or maybe it was World War I, now I can't remember. No, it's definitely World War II. Um, World War II retelling. I've read Wicked and Divine, which is all about the concept of um, life and life ending within two years and all these other things and, like, coming to terms with your mortality and being a god as well and all this crazy stuff. And so I haven't really read much else from him because those were such very heavy books. So when I picked up Ludocrats, I was like, what could this possibly be? This is, and I'm going to quote the headline here, The fine and ludicrous institution of matrimony also murder. So, the ludocrats are like the aristocrats. It's basically, what if somebody takes that joke and we call ourselves the aristocrats and we turn it into an actual comic book? There is, the first page, there is nudity. And not just, not just a little bit like, is that, is that, no, that's a full ween. Like 100% pure chunker weeness right in front of you. And it is, it is ludicrous. Everything in this book is ludicrous, and I love it. The artwork is so cartoony and ridiculous. Let me make sure there's nothing... Yeah, okay, so real quick, just here's a look inside. Um, this is the Steam Judge, who is a woman who is also a train. Um, Dr. Hades, uh, Professor Hades, sorry. Um, our main uh, hero, if there is such a thing, uh, it, he's like this crazy axe butcher guy and nothing makes sense and the most important thing about being a ludocrat is not being boring if you are found to be boring you will be executed on the spot so it's just ridiculous and it's over the top and it's absurd and half of the words don't make sense
1: do you have a favorite character already
0: no no i don't i don't have any favorite character oh there's a better so there's the steam there's the steam judge that's amazing. But she's, so she's got this, like, bodice, but it's also got, like, coal power inside of her. They're randomly shooting cannons. Uh, this is a wedding party where I think there's a giant octopus somewhere that's serving. I would
1: say we would show you, but no. I feel like you got to buy this. Yeah,
0: no, this, this, is, this is an amazingly crazy book. And what's cool is at the end, as Karen is known to do... There's an explanation as to all the like little little tidbits and little informations, and then you can actually read who the Ludocrats are and why oh, they that's exist. Great,
1: it's like having a little uh, history it, lesson.
0: It's it comes with its own Bible. Is it
1: the, it, it helps create? Yeah. it as a world. Yeah, its own little world.
0: This is. A, it, I'm definitely gonna pick up issue two. I'm definitely adding it to the pile for sure. This is also one of those things where I'm a little hesitant because I wonder. Does the joke run out of steam, pun intended, after two or three issues? So, we're going to check it out. I liked it a lot, though. But now.
1: I feel like by the time you get to issue four, you should. Yeah, it's probably going to be a mini. I would,
0: I would have to believe. Anyway, let's get to my pick of the week.
1: Mm. It
0: was a really hard decision.
1: It wasn't a hard decision. Oh, my God, it's death metal, everybody. Look at the Chromium cover. Oh, my God, it's so good. It's so shiny. It's so shiny.
0: So, Dark Knight's Death Metal, which is the follow-up, of course, to Dark Knight's Metal, uh, by Scott Snyder, uh, Greg Capullo, FCO, and... uh, Who else am I forgetting here? Uh, uh, And... uh, 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 Tom Napolitano? I don't know how to say his name right. I'm sorry. Anyway... It's it, the primary team is Snyder and Capullo, who did the entire Batman New Fifty Two run. They did Batman in the Last Night. They did all of the Batman stuff that I've just been all over that you've been all over uh, for some time now. This is the follow up though to Metal, which was all about um, the concept of if we live in a regular, you know, one of our one of our the New Fifty Two universes that we live in, right? Uh, like Earth One, Earth Two, Earth Three. Well, what about the worlds that exist in the universes that don't succeed, right? There's always universes that collapse and die, just like anything else. If, if there's a positive, there's a negative. Well, that's where we found out where the Batman who lasts is from. He's from one of these negative Earths. We had the whole Dark Knights. So, like, there's, like, you know, what if, Bat, what if Bruce Wayne went nuts, killed Wonder Woman, and becomes the Merciless? What if uh, Bruce Wayne was born as a girl who then, like, kills Aquaman and gets Aquaman's powers? So you've got all these crazy things. This, however, very importantly and very directly takes place in our canon, in DCU. They say that specifically, and it's important. Um, It is is heavy metal, it is thrash metal, you you read it and there's crazy stuff happening, unquestionably, I'm not going to give the big spoiler away, there is a major death in the first issue, by the way, major, major death, but that's not what I'm going to give away. I'm going to give away the coolest moment in the whole book. Sorry, I'm just going to do it. Okay. okay,
1: all right.
0: There's a scene where um, the, uh, the Batman who laughs is called his uh, Batman Justice League. So you've got like Batman Deathstroke and you've got like Batman Plastic Man and Batman Clayface. And he's, he's called them and he's, he's also like interrogating um, uh, Aquaman who's got a Batman Cthulhu with him. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. Uh, and then Wonder Woman has, like, the Bat-Mage is with her, which is, like, some, I guess he's, like, Doctor Strange. Or, no, wait, which one? Doctor Fate, but Batman Doctor Fate.
1: Okay.
0: All right. So, and and it, the Batman who laughs is, like, you know, he's, he's berating them and he's telling them his plans and how all this other stuff is happening. And there's this crazy overarching storyline. But our Batman, our Bruce, is hiding in the, uh, in the woods nearby wearing a cloak of invisibility that Zatanna gave to him. And he fires a rocket launcher at the Batman who laughs. So this this Bruce apparently is willing to kill somebody. Specifically the Batman who laughs. Um, and the Batman who laughs hears the rocket and already knew that Bruce was going to be there. Because again, the Batman who laughs is Batman. He's our Bruce too. He's just been infected with the Joker toxin. So he's Batman Joker, very literally. So he knows this is coming, and he yells for his children, and all of the little, like, crow robins all jump in front of the rocket launcher and die for their king. And then what you find out is this battle was, this this pick specifically, because it was on top of this old uh, Civil War, uh, not Civil War, Revolutionary War uh, cemetery. So uh, there was all these dead bodies underneath this uh, uh, battleground, and the dead bodies are Batman refers to them as the dead bats. Apparently, that, that's where we are dead beat. That's where we get the term dead beat from. Are these dead bats? These these revolutionaries? Okay.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So all this is happening, and what we know from DC New Fifty Two continuity is Jonah Hex was in Gotham. We know this from Jimmy Palmiotti's Jonah Hex run, uh, or uh, what was it? It was called Gotham or something like that. At the very beginning of the New Fifty Two. Anyway, we know that he's there, we know that there's a revolutionary war there, we know about the dead bats. So Batman sits there and the Batman who laughs is like, What are you gonna do, Bruce? What are you gonna do? Who are you got? All you got is a bunch of dead bats. What what would you what are you gonna say? And he's gonna say, I'm gonna say one thing. And he pulls out a black lantern ring and he just puts his fist in the air and he yells, RISE! And all of these dead bats, all these zombies come up from the ground, Jonah Hex pops up and he's like, Finally, I'm not the ugliest guy somewhere. This is great. And they all go storming into battle, and that's how Bruce is able to like uh, scoop up Wonder Woman and get away with her. And they're gonna go like you know try and figure out what happened to the world and solve the problem, right? Yeah, she's so goddamn cool to see that. Like Scott Snyder making sure that we remember that yeah these rings still exist in continuity and it's important. There was a recent issue of uh, Wonder Woman where I saw that she goes and she puts on the, uh, the the Violet Ring of Love again, and I'm just so happy that the uh, the Blackest Night stuff. Is back, so yeah, it's absolutely my pick of the week. As you can see, I'm over the moon with it. Oh, it was so good, and I didn't even tell you the big <laughs> stuff that
1: happens. Well, it sounds pretty exciting. Oh my god! Yeah. Well,
0: that that's that's the phonetics pace that so metal. All of these books, all of the metal books. Any anytime you pick up a book that has metal in the story, you've got this really phonetic. Like the energy crackles off the page. You can you just you feel it as you read it. You just you plow through the books. I've had to reread at least uh, the Batman laughs and uh, Metal. I've had to reread it two or three times because the last two books of Metal just whip by. Like you just you just and it's over, and you don't even know what happened. And I just I love it. I love it so much.
1: How well is it set up for the next issue?
0: Um, I can't I can't tell you. Is it
1: does it does it.
0: There's, there's such a major event that happens at the end of the issue that you're like, yeah, okay, I need the next issue right now, please. Okay. But I can't, I can't even begin to like explain what that is because it is such a major event. Like I said, there is a major death in there, right?
1: All right. All right. I feel like you're very flustered. Oh, it's, 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 <laughs> it's, 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 it's,
0: it's, it's too much coffee. Remember Too Much Coffee Man? Do you remember that? I no, eh, no. a Run gag from the 90s. All right. So, that, I guess that'll about wrap it up for this week. Now, as we mentioned at the start of the show, uh, we will be doing our The Read Piles again, uh, hopefully weekly. Um, so, next Sunday morning, uh, around the same time, we'll get together again and we'll talk comic books and we'll drink our coffee. But. <laughs> so for the original Nerd Girl L, I am the Sussman, Rick Sussman. We are the Read Pile, and we are part of the Wrestling Nerds Radio Network. So make sure you check out our sister shows. Of course, the one that I'm on is the Team Hamifist Power Hour, wow. And then you can check in with our boys on the IndieCast. Uh, you can find uh, all of that and more at the Wrestling Nerd Radio Network uh, website uh, and all our friends uh, all over the internets. So, make sure you tune in, make sure you listen in, and uh, if you have any questions or you want to hear specific reviews, or if you just want to be part of the show, because obviously, uh, feel free to give us a shout here at The Read Pile or at L Sussman, and we will speak to you guys real soon. Thanks for tuning in, we're happy to be back. Do you want to say goodbye, L? Bye. Say say
1: goodbye, L. Goodbye. Say goodbye, L. Goodbye, L. There we go.